Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Black Wedding Podcast. Hi, Hugh, I do. I'm Tania. And I'm Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> we have a special guest today. Um, yes. Would you like to let everyone know who you are? Yes, sure. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Aisha Thomas I'm from Aisha Thomas Events. We're based out of Charlotte, North Carolina, but we are global event planners and destination specialists. So we work with clients either from Charlotte, outside of Charlotte, or anywhere around the globe planning um, spectacular moments. Perfect. Very nice. Yes, so happy so, to have you show today. Yes, definitely. So, how was we, your day, Ashley? <laughs> today has been a day. I felt completely just off my game today, but tomorrow will be a new day. So, yes, ma'am. At that, yes, Aisha. I said it right. Is that yes? How do you mean? Yes. Okay. <laughs> my day was um, pretty good. Basically, because I took yesterday and um, did absolutely nothing. I actually took a vacation day yesterday because we came off of a full weekend um, of events. We had a client. We did a special 50th birthday for So we had Mm. four events throughout the weekend. So it was a little sleep and um, a lot of pressure being that they also are in from a marketing event perspective um, area as well. So we wanted everything to be, not that we don't always want everything to be fabulous, but <laughs> you know, you want everything to be that much more fabulous. Understandable. Exactly. Cool. How was your day, Tania? Well, my day was, it was okay in the beginning. Um, but then after work, I sat in traffic for about two and a half hours. For some reason, um, you know, everyone wanted to to have an accident today. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, I literally parked on the highway. So that was fun. But we are here now. I am blessed because I was not in that accident. So so you got to look at the bright side of things. Yes. Yeah, seriously. Um, When you called for something, I was like, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the fact that you were calling that early and I was still at work I was just like please don't tell me you're forgetting that we even had a, a, a recording tonight no no like, no, no I've no. been sitting in traffic <sighs> yeah and I actually left the office early well not early but on time today so you know I was looking forward to coming home making some food relaxing a little bit and then you know and then getting on the call so no, no, no. But how's wedding planning been? It's been fine. For me, I'm trying to think what has happened in the last few days. Nothing. Oh, I mean, I guess I started working on the wedding website mm-hmm. um, and got to save the date, print it, or they're going to print now mm-hmm. after some back and forth since Saturday. But finally looking good. Um, hopefully... I'll be able to mail that out after, like, right after Thanksgiving. So everybody will receive their save the date by the, like, first week of December. <laughs> They're um, going to be thinking about them the entire holiday Thanksgiving. Seriously. I, like, I really <laughs> wanted them to come, like, right before so I could send uh-huh. them out. So most people would have gotten them by uh-huh. then, but... That's just not how it's working. So but at least they'll get it before the um, the end of the year. But that means I need to have everything loaded, like the hotel. We have one more room block that we have to get taken care of. So basically, I'm not going to mail them out till I have all the details on the website. And the website's perfect and ready to go. So it might be the second week or the middle of December, but as long as they get it before the end of the year, that's my <laughs> goal. So, because we have now 11 months, shy of 11 months ago, wow. or 10 months now and some change. So October will be here before I know it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like time is just moving. It's just going oh, by yeah. so fast. The holidays do that. I feel mm-hmm. like once Thanksgiving starts, 
is basically time for Christmas, which means it's basically the new year, and you look up and we're at MLK Day. Yeah. So, You're right. It goes by really quickly, but we are not here to talk about me and this wedding. We are actually here to talk about destination weddings and is something I wanted to do. <laughs> but um just because of certain family members I knew it would be hard so I didn't go the destination route though I really really wanted to but we are going to get into all the good conversations about destination weddings misconceptions what you might not know what you do know um, and everything in between and we have such an expert here to talk to us about that today so let's just get into these questions Okay, <laughs> let's get started. <laughs> All right, so how and when did you get into wedding planning? Oh my, so the funny thing is that um, initially going into planning, I wanted to steer 100% clear away from weddings, <laughs> and absolutely clear away from weddings, but um, at the time I was in corporate and I can remember very clearly having a co-worker who knew that I was at that time dabbling in events, mm -hmm. uh, knew, I guess, the say reputation from being at work and lo and behold, um, wanted my help on planning her wedding. And I was just like, mm -mm, nope. No, we don't do weddings. Mm -mm, nope, we don't do the wedding. <laughs> so the funny, um, ironic thing is that one of those first weddings was actually a destination wedding. I mean, it was it was a stateside wedding, but it was still um, was um, a destination wedding, and that was literally about about ten years ago, nineteen years ago. Wow. Okay. Nice. Mm -hmm. And you kind of answer our next question, you know, um, but what were you doing prior to this? Yeah. So prior to wedding planning, I was with a international company doing budgeting and finance and doing fiscal budgeting, um, managing about $4.2 million a year operating budget. So I was being close to the money, I guess you could say, and yeah. knowing where, you know, all those dollars and cents um, went in the um, accounting sector and managing some accountants, um, doing some payroll and um, balance sheet reconciliations, overseeing that. Gotcha. I mean, but that's perfect for, you know, exactly what you're doing now, because, you know, exactly. a lot of brides are on a budget and, you know, you know how to plan and you know how to budget. So <laughs> that's right. Those are the top two things you yes. need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, you know, even though, you know, someone can be uh, a millionaire or a quad, whatever, zillionaire, um, my question is always, you know, a matter of what are you investing or what are you setting aside, you know, for this celebration? And then, you know, taking that number that they set and then doing that realistic expectation of, does that number really make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. And so, yeah, dispelling that reality in the beginning. Gotcha. Nice. So why are couples that either you've personally worked with or just couples in general, why are couples opting for a destination wedding versus the wedding down the street or around the corner? Um, I really, what I'm seeing and observing overall is a matter of, from an experience standpoint, couples are wanting to give their guests um, an experience other than just, you know, coming to that celebration or coming to that wedding and, and being there just for that ceremony and that reception for those basically almost five hours. They want something outside of those five hours. So um, it's a great time for families to come together and, and you can couple a vacation, you know, also at the same time with, with those nuptials. So that's what I'm seeing, why couples are opting for destination. Okay. So what is the difference between a destination wedding and eloping? That is a good question. Um, so a destination wedding in 
concept or in theory itself. Everyone thinks destination wedding, and for some reason, the first thing they think about is the islands or the Caribbean or somewhere like that, where really a destination wedding, by definition, mm-hmm. is any place that's taking place um, 50 miles or more outside of where that couple resides. So it doesn't necessarily have to be um, an international or Caribbean wedding. It's literally if you pass about 50 miles outside of where you live, by definition, it's a destination wedding. Um, so destination weddings also are not doing anything much different than what you would be doing from a traditional standpoint, um, where you are you know, going through that process, you're inviting your guests, you have your loved ones that are coming into, so you're still planning with the notion of you have a guest list or you have um, a number of people that are gonna be partaking in that celebration. Whereas an elopement is where um, either that couple, and they sometimes may have two or four people who are also going as witnesses or so, but they're kind of keeping it low-key and they're doing it more secretive and they have the information, but they're deciding to go elsewhere and, and do their nuptials without going through the save the dates, the invitations, um, and having all those guests that are traveling with them. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and I'm glad you clarified that because you, I, I really feel like when I think of destination weddings, it's always like you were saying, the Caribbean going to a nice Island, a good vacation spot, but it really could be for us being in Atlanta, going to Savannah could be a destination wedding Absolutely. just because it's outside of like our metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. So how common are stateside weddings? They are more common than you think. So like literally the the few, you know, past few that I've been working with, I've had couples who their um, thing is both may have a huge family. So like let's say, for instance, they're in Atlanta and they have either one or both have a, a, a big side of the family that's living in that area and they're trying to kindly trim down the guest list <laughs> or not necessarily, Thank you know, you. Have, yeah, you know, some of the pomp and circumstance or just wanting to experience someplace other than where they probably grew up or how, you know, went to high school or had childhood experience. So then they might think of, you know, as a couple, let's say I have to get shout out to where I'm based, Queen City, Charlotte. They might say, you know, <laughs> Charlotte is a nice city. Um, you know, we've been here a couple of times, either we may have come for a play, you know, we may have come for a small weekend getaway. So we're going to choose, let's say Charlotte as our wedding location, because I knew I grew up in Atlanta. A lot of my family might be from that area and we want to do something different than where I am all the time. So that's typically where stateside, you know, destinations come into places. If let's do something outside of either where we live at all the time or that couple may have gone to college or somewhere in a town and have relocated and may not be familiar with where they live at now. And they may say, let's go ahead and do our nuptials where our relationship started. You know, let's go back to that town where either, you know, we went to school or that's where we met or something significant. So they may go back there, even though it's stateside. Okay. Yeah. So what international destinations have you found are the most popular? So I know most have been saying as far as the Caribbean has been very popular, um, as you know, because, I mean, it's tropical. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I'll say and go ahead and clarify is that I'm speaking, I guess, from someone who's based on the East Coast. So, of course, that's going to be more popular for us because it's a shorter flight. And Mm -hmm. so that's what you're looking at where if I have guests that are coming in, what's going to be easiest for them to get in and out of that locale. So that's where that takes into play of that. So if you were probably speaking to someone maybe in California, somewhere else, Hawaii might be more of, you know, a popular, you know, not not international, but that might be more destination for them or somewhere on that side of the globe. So that's where I know speaking from the East coast, knowing the Caribbean is a short flight away and even some of the areas I say on the east side of Mexico are more popular on this side um, because it's easier to get a direct flight in and out. Mm. 
I never would have thought about that because I just think, oh, everybody goes to the Caribbean. But yeah, it makes sense. Like, because we're on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But if I were in L.A., it might make more sense to go to Hawaii, like you were saying. Right, or somewhere mm-hmm. on that other side. And the thing is, mm-hmm. also, um, what makes a place more attractive is we call it's a term called that quote unquote wait period. So that wait period means how long do you have to be on that soil in order to establish what they call residency in order for that marriage mm-hmm. to be legal. So you have to take oh. those into consideration of if you have a couple that may not necessarily be wanting to do their license domestically or doing like going to the, the magistrate's office and getting their license there. So ideally speaking, their legal wedding date might be different than their ceremony date. So if there's someone who's not doing that legal part um, domestically, then they're looking for a place that may have a shorter wait period. You know, like somewhere like Antigua, that's not even a day, or Jamaica, that is like two or three days. Like taking those into consideration of how long in advance before your ceremony do you need to establish residency, you know, no blood test and all those things in order to consider it a valid legal wedding. And then that where it will be um, identified or, or rep, you know, represented in the United States and not having to worry about that translation. Wow. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yes. Wow. Okay. No, it's illegal. It's like not all the pretty. We have to, it, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's got to be legal. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I never thought about like some people wanting to do all of that over there instead of, okay, let's go to the courthouse, get the paperwork, all that, blah, 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 before we fly out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, Never would have thought about that. That's what we ask. It's like, you know, are we doing a symbolic wedding? Meaning that all the legal or legalities have been taken care of already to where you, you have the license and certificate that's done here. Or are we doing, you know, a legal like civil wedding where we're actually going to have to take care of all of that and make sure those things, you know, take place wherever we decide to go as a destination. So those questions are, you know, one of the first things where a couple's coming to me and not necessarily know where they want to get married. We mm-hmm. have to go through all those questions to say, okay, how long do you have? Um, you know, are you going to go ahead and do it, you know, establish your legalities in the United States or are you going to do it in another country? And then we have to look and make sure that those, the legal or the, the terms that make it legal in that country are going to translate back to the United States. So we have to go ahead and make sure we go through all those things as well. Mm. There's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> right. <laughs> going from state to state. Cause you know, you have to make sure, cause if I may go to another state, it might require a blood test. And so you have to think about those even from state to state, every state has a different legal ramification behind what makes a recognized legal marriage. Cause God forbid you go through all of that and then realize that your marriage is just a big part of your whole, your, your whole weekend was a big party. <laughs> 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 an expensive party. Yes. Come back without a husband. Like, what do we just do this for? And then if something happens, he can be like, well, we're not even married anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) Take back, take back. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, what is the invitation and the announcement process like? Because I can imagine it's different with a destination wedding than like a traditional wedding. Right. So communication is the biggest thing around uh, when it comes to to destinations and Mm -hmm. the invitation. So, you know, typically invitations are sent out about eight weeks or so, you know, before a a wedding. So you're going to follow a little bit of a a longer leeway time when it comes to destination, because you want to make sure you send that, announcement out a lot earlier and you have to send out a lot of those preliminary details out a little bit earlier. 
So especially if you're traveling somewhere, let's say it is international and you have guests who, God forbid, don't have a passport, you have to make sure you allow them enough time to get a passport or to make sure it's not expiring at least, you know, six months or so before they're traveling because, you know, Mm -hmm. some places are iffy about the the expiration of that passport. So I, you know, it's always like the sooner the better and then trying to send out some of that preliminary information you know, 18 months or a little bit further out so that one, you have vacation time people can have, two, they can budget for the travel and the expenditures that come with things, three, to make sure that they have their tickets or passports or all those things are in a row and they can actually um, come with you. So it's a little bit of a longer lead time and it's just more to allow your guests to plan where, I mean, some have been done shorter, but most often you try to do it a little bit longer just so your guests have time to. How much cheaper are destination weddings really? That's the biggest misconception is that, um, that it is cheaper. Mm -hmm. Uh, I (laughs) sometimes say that it can sometimes be where it's, I like to say you get more bang for your buck than Mm -hmm. to say it's actually cheaper. Um, especially if you're going to Europe, if you're going, you know, somewhere in Greece, you know, somewhere further out is, is, you know, you got more travel and different things like that. And then I also always say, consider those loved ones (laughs) that you know that you are not going to go through this day without. And sometimes you may either have to subsidize, you know, their trip, subsidize some of their expenses. Um, some of those things. So you have to think about those guests who you're like, this is not going down without them. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. you might have to incorporate them in some of your travel costs as well. Um, Then also thinking about oftentimes where my clients are doing multiple events. So it's not like it's to stay cheaper. They're getting more wow, but they're doing the cocktail parties. They're doing some of the excursions and the activities with their guests. They're doing the different brunches. They're doing all these things. And just because you're at a non-all-inclusive uh, resort, those events are not considered all-inclusive. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to pay for that. <laughs> so you have, you have to take that into consideration. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here thinking, okay, it's inexpensive to go there, you know, and do the wedding. And, you know, you hear these stories about, you know, couples only paying like $10,000 and everything was included and easy breezy. But yeah, some of those are, those are like, if you want like a cake and punch reception, uh-huh. easily. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get old church receptions. Yeah, you can, have, you can literally like you can have that, but it's setting those realistic expectations that you're going to get a little bit more, but you know you're going to pay. So you can have a ten thousand, but you're not going to try to go and invite eighty or a hundred guests mm-hmm. and then think necessarily have a ten thousand dollar. Um, ceremony or reception and I'm gonna have a still drum and I'm gonna have fireworks and a cigar roll and all that stuff <laughs> that's not realistic so <laughs> yeah, I mean right. yeah so it's like you know reality so you can have these nice details and things at a rate that you would have a simple minimalistic <laughs> ceremony stateside mm-hmm. um, and it depends on where you go and what that difference on the value of a dollar is so you have to take all that into perspective. Okay. <laughs> okay. So tell us about a recent wedding that you planned that was a destination wedding. And I, and I will say one that it was a renewal. And I okay. say that because it was fun. So even though it wasn't, you know, 70, 80, 100 guests that, you know, I've done before um, outside of the States, this one was an intimate renewal of, you know, 10 guests from the U.S. But yet we still had about 75, 80 guests, but those guests were from Panama. So that was one that was an experience. The, the, the bride from her renewal, they're doing their 10-year anniversary, and some of her Panamanian family had not, they didn't go to her original wedding. So it was just a treat in itself. So in terms of them doing their vow renewal in Panama, where we have 10 
um, Americans, eight to 10 Americans coming and then the rest being all from Panama. Um, and then in an area, you know, I wasn't, that's my first, that was my first wedding in that area. Um, they do not have a lot of weddings outside of Panama. So they do Panamanian weddings, but not a lot of Americans coming into that area um, to do mm-hmm. weddings. And it was such a learning experience. And I took some of that, those same tools and some of that same, it's just being able to maneuver in that flexibility and into that wedding. But it was just so special because even though there was the language barrier and um, I'm not fluent Spanish by all means, I'm very good at Spanglish. (laughs) 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 And, And just knowing the tools to be able to communicate but that one was just so special to where it wasn't like it was a perfect day. It, it ended up being a perfect day, but, you know, you could have been really stressed because it literally rained like, all, like days all before and wow. a little bit that day of. But then like coming to time where when we were starting to set up, it was not raining, you know, things were starting to dry out, even though it was still kind of wet we our our event did not get rained out and it was just such a blessing and just one of those things where you watch you know the work that you put into it you see the love amongst the couple the love with the families and the friends and that's one of those things where you know you hear people and i know it sounds cheesy but when they say like love being a universal language to where even though you had that language bearing that language gap you still saw that love and that admiration between everyone even though mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't necessarily all communicate with each other. So that was like a special moment in itself and made it all just the, the hurdles and the things that having yeah. to go through, you know, make it all worthwhile at the end of the day. Aww. Well, just right. by your description, I feel like it was a beautiful wedding. So right? <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was so special. And, and it was one where I was literally like humbled and honored because it was ended up being um, an industry friend, our industry colleague that then became a friend where it actually ended up, you know, I planned um, a launch for the, the bridal wife earlier on. And the fact that they still entrusted and enlisted me to come in and do this, mm-hmm. when it was so, you know, so special. So that just, it just made it that much more worthwhile. Wow. Oh, nice. <laughs> Do most couples use like a full planner for their wedding or do they, or can you even really use a month of coordinator for a destination wedding? <laughs> so what some, and it's, and it's, it ends up being somewhat of a difference in what I can say prize ourselves on our company being so mm-hmm. unique. So oftentimes you'll hear couples using just solely like travel agents for their destination weddings to where that person is, or the travel consultant is really, they, you know, they have a location, you know, they have the contract and really they're just like the point of contact for all the guests when it comes to, I need a room. And then they reach out to that person. But yet when it comes to maneuvering and layering the days, the couple's working with the, the area, the destination, or they found a planner that is in that country. And that's what and that's kind of like what they end up doing. And what makes us so unique is that we're planners and producers first, and we happen to just have travel in-house. So we're working with our clients along the way, you know, knowing some of, we're able to give that experience from a travel destination side and an event logistics project management side. So we're able to fluidly intertwine all these important details as we're layering and going through the planning process. So that's one of the things you'll kind of see oftentimes is some, you know, couples that are doing destinations, there's contact my travel agent or contact my travel advisor, travel consultant, where who have a planner who they just happen to have the planners and they might be working with a travel person or, you know, they're packing everything in a suitcase, taking it with them, but we're maneuvering a little bit different and, and taking those lessons learned, all that experience and that those tools and, and merging them into one to make it a little bit more of a fluid process. Ooh, you are just giving us all this information. <laughs> I hope it's not being so overwhelming. My, my goal is to encourage 
everyone to do a destination <laughs> wedding. So don't not try to scare anyone away from it. Trust me. I just I want everyone to do some kind of a destination. You know, if that's your personality to do right. a destination wedding, because they can be a lot of fun, but it does take a special personality to be able to handle it. And I think a lot of people just would assume that you're having a destination wedding it's not going to be as hard as doing a wedding stateside or, you know, kind of local to your area. But you're basically saying you just have a whole different set of things that you have to consider. Right. Um, so your guest count might be small. Absolutely. And it's all based on the details. So like if you're wanting something really simple and it might be five people, you know, no details, mm-hmm. And, I, I'm, and I'm not being rude or disrespectful when I say cake and punch ceremony, but I'm saying that to say, like, it's, you know, right. doing a lot of details or, or different things like that. Then it can be where it is, like, just very minimalistic, simple. And you're like, that's, to me, closer to that elopement side because <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to do it and, and, and I'm, that's it. I'm done. I, I mean, I don't want anything with a lot of details or a lot of logistics involved. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So how do you handle forgotten items? Like say if you forget something, you know, in the U.S. and now y'all are, you know, overseas somewhere and you're like, oh, what am I going to (laughs) do? I breathe first. um, And and when things like this, you know, happen, I add it to, you know, the lessons learned to the list for the next time as far as not forgetting. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things that, I, or, you know, from a company's perspective, discourage individuals if they're doing something in another country from packing up everything from the U.S., taking it with them. Because I just feel like that kind of defeats the whole purpose of of doing it. And you're like not reducing your global footprint by just taking everything to another country um, with you. So it's it's a matter of, you know, knowing the area good relationships with the tourism board, good relationships with concierge um, to that, you know, to that way, the event staff. And that's where I'm working alongside these individuals where oftentimes if you don't, you know, have a planner that's working with that event team there, there's a process of where a lot of the details that you have, they may seem you, if it's a resort, I can say that's different than you know, somewhere outside, but they may send you a checklist of check one, two, three, four, ABC, you know, all these things. And it's not a lot of custom items and you're only finalizing details once you get there. Mm-hmm. So that's where, you know, some of those things change. But when we're working alongside our clients and the, the type of ceremonies and receptions, they're doing are a little bit more, you know, detailed, a little bit more um, personalized. So I've established these relationships, if not already having with these venues, with these vendors, with these people to where we're a team, just like we would be planning a wedding stateside. Like we are invested in this event together. So if there's something forgotten, then we're communicating with them early on and asking for their help mm-hmm. on how to, to, to make this happen um, wherever we are. Okay. Okay. You kind of touched on this earlier, but how do you handle the RSVP process for the destination wedding. It's, you know, you have your, your list and you're chasing RSVPs the same way. (laughs) 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 It's just the no, it happens. And you think that, okay, you know what? It takes a little bit more time for you to decide to hop on a plane and go somewhere. But literally, been multiple occasions where last minute someone just hops on a plane and decides to come <laughs> and, and you know we're blocked the rooms are closed in the rates are different all these things are happening and you're like okay so we oh now we, we have one or two more okay <laughs> so <laughs> you just you, you just you just have to make it happen and communicate and especially on the when it comes on the room side and letting them know strictly like these rates are even, you know, state side, same thing with your room lots. The rates are guaranteed up until a certain time, mm-hmm. you know, not. 
we, you know, the hotel is, you cannot fight occupancy. So if they right. come like and what can I do if there's no more rooms available other than help them out with something, at, you know, at a surrounding hotel or Hacienda property that's nearby that, and then that's a whole nother gamut in terms of, you know, trying to get, if it's something where it's private, trying to get them on site, um, you know, like for that ceremony. So you just know these things sometimes will happen and just be prepared, you know, to work through it. So at the end of the day, it's about the guest experience and you want your guests to, to feel, you know, appreciated and, you know, and it just translates all through because you want it to be a great experience for everyone. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, just know I won't be hopping in a plane last minute. <laughs> 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 that's my nanny come on now <laughs> that's my I nanny. would imagine the flights didn't go down like exactly I <laughs> probably went up like they do but you have some people who you know because of work and it's understandable they can't commit that early and they don't <laughs> not knowing but you just you try you just you know you do what you do to, to, to be able to accommodate them I guess. <laughs> so as a vendor based in the U.S., how do you establish these relationships with, um, with the international vendors? With going to um, events and those kind of events are like um, business to business type of supplier events where as a planner is jam packed. So like um, can go through several you know, meetings and get to know vendors or, or what um, experiences or locations are in areas. Because what I do try to do is, come on out. Like, it's the internet. So, you know, people are trying to Google and find things. So you just have to be able to set yourself apart to say what's the benefit of mm-hmm. someone wanting to, you know, hire you in terms of from a knowledge. So you have to make sure you have that knowledge that someone's going to probably spend hours trying to go online and look for it. So it's like a constant educational thing. So between going to those countries or going to those areas, doing those business to business supplier meetings, um, then it comes to tourism boards, like, you know, tourism boards will come stateside. So like just recently, for instance, last week, um, Antigua and Barbuda was in the U S and Jamaica. So night to night, I am literally, going to meet with the tourism boards, getting updates on what's in those islands, um, getting updates on properties that are coming to the island. And then suppliers, some of the suppliers from those areas either have, you know, business development managers here or different things like that. And you're just talking to them one-on-one. So those are relationships so that when you go to those islands, or go to those countries um, and you do those, like we call them site inspections, you've met these people in person and you just also just continue to, or I say for myself, I continue to stay connected with them, even though I'm not in the same area. So like my event friends in Italy, the Salento region, my, my, my Mexican friends, like we are WhatsApping or, you know, communicating through social media. I'm making sure I'm asking, you know, how's your family? You know, these personal things to, to get to know, when things change or if an event is happening, you know, like, come on out, I want you to see this new property. So, you, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, you're nurturing those relationships the same way because that that's the way you get to know what's really happening um, in, you know, in those areas versus just blindly going, you know, because yeah. I want to be able to give my clients the a reality of why here versus there, you know, either, you know, as far as being there or mm-hmm. and then checking in with, um, friends on tourism boards to say this is what's happening in real time versus what you know the news or what whatever media outlet has you know tried to funnel um to us so Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you definitely have to think about those things because i know um uh recently like with everything that's going on and um in in the dr yes I mean, a lot yeah. of people just stopped going, you know, but, you know, a lot of people don't know in certain areas, everything's good over there. So it's so unfortunate to like just have mm-hmm. an entire area um, mm-hmm. just to be, you know, seen that way. And 
you know, I know, you know, you have to bring it back in like a, a come to Jesus moment when it comes to even like the United States. You go to these different areas and have people come in asking me, like, what's going on in the U.S. and da, 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 you know, you're thinking like, oh, that happened over there, you know, that's the, you know, but to them, <laughs> it's the same thing. So you just have to 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 have you know put it all into the correct perspective. Yeah. All right. Um, you kind of mentioned this before, but I'm asking this because I've heard of someone that had a destination wedding where she, I think someone else said, okay, I don't want to stay at the hotel. Like one of the guests said, I don't want to stay at the hotel that she's going to have her, you know, like that resort because it was too costly. Can I stay somewhere else? And the girl said, no, you can't. Like everyone has to stay at that resort or else they can't come in. Is that true or not? Like folks can't get their own Airbnb or stay somewhere else? They have to go there? Well, well, so yeah, yeah, I mean, yes and no. And it's like really, it depends on that property's policy. But oftentimes when a rate or a per person amount is quoted, remember, you know, saying that just because, you know, and I'm speaking from a resort side, not a private, um, you know, castle, hotel or whatever that um, the, the event could be held at. I'm speaking from mm-hmm. like a hotel or res- resort perspective where there's several layers that go into what that couple is paying um, from the food and beverage costs or even being able to negate the venue or location mm-hmm. that, you know, that they decide to have their events at. And um, even to the part of what rates that all of the guests might be paying to even stay there between the three, four, five, whatever nights. So when you have guests who do stay off property, at the end of the day, it comes into a formula of the revenue that that resort or hotel might be bringing in and it's throwing the numbers off. So if a guest does stay off um, the property, I know that there are several who may do a visitor's wristband or visitor's pass or something like that. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a bride and a groom or as a couple, and I have these rates and I'm already paying a certain amount per person who is coming, you stay off property, someone has to eat that cost of mm. that pass of that guest coming in and then they have limited hours. So if you're in a bridal party, your hours that you may need to get there to get ready is outside of those hours that you might be allowed to be on property as a guest. And so mm. you have to take all of that into consideration um, and I just think of it being, I know, you know, sometimes it being costly, but you just, you know, you're trying to, to make things more accommodating or easier for a couple when you're a guest. So it's just like a matter of just try to take that into consideration and mm-hmm. stay at the host hotel, you know, that they, <laughs> they send right. that information out because, you know, it's just so many different, and then you, you lose the time to spend either at the pool or at a restaurant or dinner at the bar and interacting with everyone that's there as a guest, you're not getting that full experience anyway. So, you know, take kind of like those things into consideration. And so either she is that policy of the hotel said no outside people can come. And oftentimes they may do that for security and protection of the guests who are staying on property. Or it's an additional fee that she's just not willing to absorb. And I know as right. a guest, that person probably is not going to want to pay it either. So it's just a matter of just not even having to deal with the hassle of it. Gotcha. Follow up to that. Do yeah. most of these resorts or hotels um, do attrition or make them have to pay attrition? or? Um, n- kind of. It depends on, you know, whether it's from an all-inclusive or... It comes into whether it's European or whatever your plan is or no food, whatever. But yes, there is typically um, kind of an, there is an attrition that's built into it, just like it would be 
um, any other place. And so for those not familiar with what attrition is, it's basically saying that if I'm guaranteeing simple number 10 people that I would like for you to hold spaces for 10 people, then the hotel would give you an attrition amount of 15, 20, whatever percent to say, if you have, you're guaranteeing like that percentage of guests to actually be there, like 80% of guests being there. So if you get anything over that, then you're responsible for the difference in loss of revenue because they could have rented or sold that space to someone else. So they lost money because they held that space for you and you didn't use all that space. So ideally you're guaranteeing that property that you're going to give them so much revenue. Gotcha. Okay. So speaking about guests, <laughs> how many guests are usually invited to a destination wedding actually attend? Ooh, so it, it, it varies. So you have some where it's, you know, you still might have, and, and the thing, the difference too is oftentimes you're not inviting that same number that you would at a traditional wedding. So you're probably not sending mm-hmm. out 200 or 120 you know, invites, your list is going to oftentimes be a little bit more intimate is, is the thing that you're looking at. And then the timing of, you know, from a process, how we go to it is sending out the invites and then trying to get that calendar or timing just to make sure, you know, like Ashley was saying, you're not having to deal with any attrition or having to deal with extra costs because you've gone into contract for an X amount of number. So it, it, it's, it's so hard to just like throw that, you know, out. And that's why I usually just try to advise the timing of going into contract. So like basically adding out, and that's where that RSVP time comes in a little bit earlier so that we can kind of, you know, schedule the timing of going into contract once we have a better solid number of, of how many is going to come. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. What popular destination trends have you noticed from music, attire, outside of the wedding stuff, everything? Experiences, experiences. And um, really, and I'm a big cheerleader of it, is taking on the location where you are. So if you want to do a San Antonio wedding, the six day side or Chicago or Atlanta, adding in elements that are about that city, giving your guests, you know, an experience or a taste or feel and just building onto it that entire time they're there. So, you know, if you're in Mexico and you're doing a lot of, you know, traditional things, some may do some Mayan dances or, you know, just some ritual things just to make them feel like they're in that area and not recreate a Charlotte, North Carolina wedding in Mexico. (laughs) So, you know, actually Mm -hmm. to give your guests that experience of the location where they are, that's, I can say is like the biggest trend I've seen going from the save the dates to the invitations to, you know, the attire to the events that are there to the entertainments that's there, even down to the food. Okay. 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 So what is the first step one would take to actually plan a destination wedding? I would always say the first step is to decide if your personality as a couple is for planning a destination. <laughs> a wedding itself is high stress. And, and yeah. it's a lot, of, you know, some, for some people, I always say it's your first time. You, it's a, so many unknowns. So it's already going to be a, um, a, an anxiety or a moment of, of high anxiety anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just think about you as a couple, your, you know, your work, even your family, you know, to say, is this going to be a lot more stressful for me? And then, you know, thinking about the cost and the budget and the timing and, and deciding first is, is it for you? Why are you truly doing this outside of thinking that it's cheaper? Yeah. You know, and I always ask, one of my first questions is, so why do you think you want a destination wedding? You know, just to try to, to make sure it's, something that that they can that that you know they could probably live with and be okay because at the end of the day you don't you don't want to be 
going through the planning process of a wedding and be stressed out and, and understanding that, especially if you're like high, high type A, a destination wedding probably isn't for you. So, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's the, it's the reality because there's just going to be some flexibility along the way in planning mm-hmm. and why put yourself through that? Um, you know, if you don't have to. I have a follow-up question. Um, so have you ever had a couple who like actually started planning a destination wedding and then said, you know what, never mind. We want to go ahead and do it in state. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and it's not so much as because they didn't want to do a destination wedding. It's that thing of not thinking about who they really wanted to be there. Gotcha. Um, okay. that, that, that was really more, you know, of it where it came to, you know, the number of people or, you know, the cost being from, you know, a family um, expense or even the health, um, you know, mm-hmm. of, of a grandmother or aunt or, you know, things like that. And so that's where it was like, you know, this probably isn't the, the best idea. So literally have dealt with those examples of where they started down that road and then decided, okay, you know, this, this is probably not going to be the best um, the best idea. Gotcha. Okay. Makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> does it make more sense to hire a local vendor to that area um, of the destination versus like, oh, this is my favorite like photographer. I follow him on Instagram or this person that, you know, I've just been following them for so long and I know they travel, so let me just have them go there. Like, what makes more sense, or does it, it depend? It de- it depends on the product or the service, um, in terms of of whether or not um, you decide. Because for some, in a level of comfort. So for some, for instance, even with makeup, mm-hmm. where you know, knowing that there are some very talented um, vendors or people in that area, you have people who will want to feel more comfortable in knowing that this is my artist that I use every single time I have a special event. So they decide to use that person. So then that's where it makes Mm -hmm. more sense for them to travel um, with that person. Um, If you know that there's a photographer, because there are photographers now who do travel and they have like three or four locations that they're very popular and known for being in. So they know those areas. So it's like, does it make sense then for you to pack your photographer if you have a photographer that's in four or five destinations um, throughout the year? It just makes more sense for you to work with them. So it depends on that service and whether or not that person is unique to that area or not. So it could be from a planner. So, I mean, even if, even I want you to take me with you all the time, (laughs) (laughs) if you are familiar with a person or you live somewhere that you know that person's reputation and you respect that person, then if that makes you feel more comfortable, I say go for that because, again, it's a high stress planning process. So do Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. you can to alleviate, to alleviate that stress. Okay. Do you all have rehearsal dinners even like a rehearsal prior to the wedding still at a destination yeah Mm -hmm. yeah we'll still go through that same process um the rehearsal dinners and you know whether it be international or stateside if it's destination and depending on the number of people who are traveling then Mm -hmm. our rehearsal dinner the name or well you know kind of it's a welcome cocktail or a welcome reception Okay. Or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that, because if someone's traveled all these miles to be there, you know, you again, the whole purpose is for you to interact and have this interactive, close knit, you know, process with mm-hmm. all those that are with you. So you want them to feel it's just amazing to watch, you know, from this, even when it's like 70 people where they may not necessarily have known each other from like that first plane that lands. But then they might be on a, a layover together or meet each other in the airport and realize that they're there for that same wedding. And it's like, by the time this group leaves, you just see how they, they act like they've known each other forever. It's, you know, yeah. they've bought Aww. it. They've gotten to know each other. So that's where, you know, all the, the events help, 
you know, make that a little bit more close knit. Gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. If a couple wanted to book you, how should they go about doing so? So if a couple wants to book me, they can go to my website, um, AishaThomas.com, A-I-S-H-A, Thomas.com. And they can find out a little bit more about us and um, enter their information on our form or send over email. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just do a quick chat with them just to get to know them a little bit, just to make sure that we're both um, a good fit. So um, while I feel like I'm most, the most wonderful, knowledgeable person in the world, we may not be <laughs> the best fit for each other to be working together uh-huh. um, year and a half, year, heck, months in advance. So we just make sure that we're a good fit for each other. And then um, we just, we go from there. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And the last question. So what advice would you give to a couple that are thinking about having a destination wedding? Do it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'll I'll just make sure it's something that they both, that they both want to do. Cause um, at the end of the day, I just feel like that the wedding planning process, like I've probably used that word throughout this whole time. It should be an enjoyable, stress-free as much as possible, you know, between, between the two of you. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's like, putting on, you know, plugging up your ears and not necessarily listening to what everyone else might want. But at the first most important thing is to make sure the two of you know that that's what you want and you've discussed what you really want first and that your whole planning process is based on what the two of you want. Oh, perfect. That was nice. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Actually, it's, it can be stress. You know, I just say probably more anxiety than you know stressful those days. But you know, just making sure that every decision that that you all make is what the two of you want first, not necessarily what everyone else think is best for you, but what you think you know what's best for the both of you. Oh, that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now we are going to go into the unsolicited advice segment. Um, If you're new to the show, this is basically where I provide um, advice nobody asks for because when you get engaged, you get a lot of debt. So my advice for this week is don't let say yes to the dress get you messed up. If you try to take, like, eight, ten people to some of these bridal shops, they're going to make you pay. Um, you will have to do a VIP appointment that could go start at, like, $250. i have seen it be $500 some places. Yes, Tania. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Tania. Because it's like a <laughs> with bringing a whole bunch of people essentially you're having to like rent out a portion of the bridal shop if not the entire bridal shop depending on how big it is so you have a more custom and personalized experience so they're giving you one or two stylists to help pick your dresses you have the champagne on deck in some places don't offer champagne and that's because they don't have a liquor license but anyway um say yes to the dress has folks thinking one way so you get engaged that's the first thing everybody wants have you gone dress shopping have you i watched say yes to the dress i love okay yes everybody has seen the episode of say yes to the dress oh are you going to this store because there's an atlanta version okay And to even get into that store, you have to have certain requirements. They make you fill out a form, and it's like, how much are you trying to spend? If you are trying to spend over a certain amount, then yes, we'll take you. If you were trying to stay under a certain amount, you can only come within 90 days of your wedding. Because they figure if you are going to give us that little coin, then we must put you at the very end, meaning you about to basically buy the off the rack 
sale discontinued version from like two, three seasons ago or whatever. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you're trying to go to Bridles by Lori, you better have Bridles by Lori money. Because those dresses in there are not cheap. <laughs> but if you don't have that coin or don't want to spend that coin on your wedding dress, there are plenty of shops that you can find either a used gown or a brand new gown. You don't have to spend that much money to get a beautiful gown. Anyway, that was a unsolicited tangent. <laughs> yeah, because TLC about yeah. to have me all messed up. <laughs> right? Uh, but a lot of people, though, because they, yes. like, family, member, family members find out you're engaged and they want to go dress shopping with you. And so mm-hmm. it, because they want to see you try on the dresses, not realizing that that's a lot of peanut gallery, a lot of different Absolutely. comments and advice, and you might like something and you come out and they're all like, eh, I don't like that. Then you're like, well, maybe I don't like it. You were feeling good in the, you know, dressing room or whatever. And then their reaction's not matching the reaction you expected or vice versa. They love a dress that you think is ugly. And then they keep going back to that same ugly dress every time you come out in a different dress. Basically, uh-uh, they'll be bringing all these folks. Yeah, not for two fifty, <laughs> or or five hundred, or whatever. Uh-uh. Whatever. <laughs> Especially if I don't know that I'm going to actually buy this dress, and I got to pay you <laughs> to bring them. No, that's exactly. what we had the wedding for. Say, that's what I we got the bridal shower for. <laughs> right. I will say some of these places, though, they will roll that amount into if you do decide to buy a dress there then you've already kind of put like a deposit down towards that dress. Mm-mm. But like Look, you said, it's like a tradition, Ashley, like you just going around <laughs> trying on dresses with someone <laughs> took an appointment who really had the money to buy this dress, but you just going around, you know, just trying on dresses outside of your budget. <laughs> exactly. Just, just for no reason. Like, why are you wasting everybody's time just trying on a thousand dresses just to try on dresses, just to go to the store that you saw on a television show? Right. That is not the place for you. There is no shame in David's Bridal. David's Bridal might be the place for you. David's Bridal might allow you to bring six people without spending $250, you know? But it's also like a consideration thing, too. You don't want to have all these people here taking up all these good, you know, all the chairs, and they have all these other, like, limited spaces available to other people that are actually going to buy a dress that day or want to buy a dress that day. So that's a lot. Anyway, we'll talk about bridal shopping and dress shopping later because I went to six stores. (laughs) I have the experience. <laughs> but and I had family members that wanted to come with me and um I always knew I didn't want it to be a whole event. I just wanted it to be basically my mom and Tania and that's basically what we did. So anyway, let's get into these black vendors. <laughs> shout outs. Mm-hmm. Yes. Time for black wedding vendor shout outs. So let's start out with you. Do you have your vendor that you'd like to shout out? Um, Sterling Picks out of Atlanta, actually. I've worked with them a couple oh. of times. Yeah, and then um, had a great time, and they were just, like, easy to work with. Um, so I've enjoyed them. Okay. okay. Ashley, you want to <laughs> say my turn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I am going to shout out someone we're actually going to talk to next week um makeup artist in atlanta b gandy um her instagram is b for beauty but beauty is spelled with a efn instead of a y dot co um i've seen like i know brides that had her um do their makeup her makeup is just she is so talented. So, so talented. Um, so I just wanted to shout out B Candy. And I'm excited that we're going to get to talk to her next week. Okay. 
about so you? my vendor this week um, is Story and Rhythm. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Story and Rhythm. I actually shouted out Brian. Um, he's actually a DJ, but him and his wife actually have a company um, and they do photography. So they do DJ, DJing and photography. Um, and they're based out of the Raleigh area. So the Carolinas stand up, please, you know? So if you're in the, <laughs> if you're in the, you know, North Carolina area, please look for them. So that's storyandrhythm.com or you can find them on Instagram, storyandrhythm. There you awesome. go. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. All right. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show dealing with us and all of our mishaps today and (laughs) (laughs) the fact that we got through this episode and you just been so great um you gave us a wealth of knowledge about destination weddings that we had no idea about Mm -hmm. i feel like that's pretty much us every episode but this episode definitely we knew nothing about this um so again, thank you, and um, let everyone know where they can find you. Yes, um, Instagram at Aisha Thomas Events. Same thing on Facebook, and my email is hello at AishaThomas.com. AishaThomas.com is my website. Pretty consistent, so <laughs> okay. Yeah, made it easy for you to find us. Mm-hmm. Perfect, Tania. Where they where can they find us? You sure you want me to do this? <laughs> yes, because my dog is barking in the background. So yes, you got to do it. <laughs> All right. So you can find us on Instagram at Hugh I Do Wed. Um, you can find us online at HughIDo.com. Or you can email us at HughIDoWed at gmail.com. So mm-hmm. you can find me um, at Belsori on Instagram and that's B-E-L-S-O-U-R-I and Ashley where can they find you? On Instagram and on Twitter at Demitosh which is D-E-M-I-T-A-S-H-E and yep that's that All right, it was so great having you Yes thank you so much again So little be known like this is my first podcast and I was super nervous but you all made it fun and thank you again for inviting me on the show and so hopefully the listeners got something out of it and um we'll consider a destination wedding or at least have the real insight of what it takes to plan one. Oh, definitely and we'd love to of course have you back absolutely um, next year we can talk more about destination weddings or um Stateside weddings, who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Weddings in general. We're based in Charlotte, North Carolina, but we plan um, weddings in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we actually had a couple that had not met. We were planning throughout the entire process from Japan. So it was a destination oh, wedding wow. for them coming into Charlotte. Wow. Or we have couples that um, are in Charlotte going outside of Charlotte. So Either way, we kind of got in that whole communication thing all together to be able to communicate throughout that process, regardless of where you reside. Nice. Wow. Nice. Well, thank you so much again. Yes, thank you. We hope that you have a great rest of your evening. You too. Talk to y'all later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.